I'm Andrew Sherman. I'm a Texas transplant who has always been in pursuit of art as a career. I've played in bands, pursued an acting career in Hollywood, but I found it behind the lens of a camera here in Dallas, Texas. I was born in New York, I've lived in Chicago, Los Angeles, Austin, but I love Dallas. There's a magical artistic scene in Dallas that mostly goes unnoticed to the outside world. This podcast is focused on what makes it so special and the people who make it thrive artistically. If you don't live here, and even if you do, you might not have heard of them. This is the Dallas Famous Podcast. So who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you are? Who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you are? Oh, us. Yeah, who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you are? Who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you are? James Villa is a Dallas-based concert photographer. He has been a longtime fixture in Deep Elm, and as of late, is GM and house photographer of the legendary venue, Trees. His online publication, Entre Monthly, has been going strong for over 20 years and has taken James all over the world to shoot shows. He's always open to helping out young photographers and is a really great guy. Here's my interview with James Villa. Okay, I got James with me today. James Villa, photographer. What, what, what do you manage Trees? Is that right? I'm a, I'm a marketing manager and the box office manager at Trees. Okay. Cool. And you've got On Tour Monthly as your publication? Yeah, correct. Um, all right, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Let's start <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> so you're from El Paso? I'm from El Paso. True Texan. Okay. Yeah, True Texan, yeah. So like, how did you... Like you can give us some details if you need to, but how did you get to, t- to Dallas? It's, uh, it's a really weird transition. I um, used to go to Houston a lot <clears throat> and eventually ended up in Houston after I got out of high school. Um, had to go back to El Paso to pick up my mom, moved back to Houston, uh, met my current ex-wife, which is an interesting story, but we met in Houston, and one day she just came home and says, hey, uh, by the way, uh, my company's offering me a job uh, in Dallas, and and I hated Dallas. I was like, oh my God, I don't, I don't want to go to Dallas. This is like <laughs> the worst thing that could happen. And of course, I'm thinking this in my head, and and she kind of gave me a, a really weird, like, it wasn't really like an ultimatum, but she was kind of like, you're either going to go or you're going to stay. And I'm like, well, hell, I guess I'm going. Right. And at that point, I was already kind of shooting shows secretly. I was I was just doing interesting stuff on the side and running away from people, catching me with cameras and stuff. It was always something I wanted to do. But uh, when we when we moved here, I think it was probably maybe a couple of weeks before after we moved here that I, I came down to Curtain Club. That was the first venue I ever came to and and uh i forgot the name of the band that i came to see but it was she ended up being on rock of love or something and it was pretty cool and and uh i went to liquid lounge after that and just uh the blind lemon and all these clubs and i was like wow this is this is awesome um yeah you know and 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 dallas started kind of growing on me and and uh it was one of those weird transitions when i just i didn't know i i always wanted to have a club or, or own a club or and my goal was to have one at, at 35. I was in my 20s when we moved down here. And, uh, you know, I just, I just kind of got involved in the scene. And it was funny because um, my son was in T-ball. And uh, I, I, his T-ball coach was Jason Moreno, which is now the singer of Drowning Pool. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Jason was in a band. He, he, he had been in a really big band called Plastic Tongue for a while. And that was a huge hit here in Dallas. And... And, uh, you know, he would tell me things and, and people would recognize him when we were in the street. And 
you know, we, me and Jason just became friends, and he was in, currently in a band called Crankfish, and uh, we hung out a lot, and uh, he'd invite me over to, to go listen to them play, and, and you know, and I, and I really got involved with it and stuff, and I, I didn't realize how, how uh, popular Jason was when he was here, and but I, I we used to go out, and, and uh, they would play shows out of town, and I would always ride with Jason, and and he was he, he was he was a pretty straight edge guy. Didn't drink, didn't do anything. And I would sit in the car with him, and, and we would talk about music. And then he's like, oh, "I got to go sing," so he'd run in and sing, and then we'd run back, and then we'd just leave. Huh. And it, and it was kind of cool because it, it kind of really painted a picture of what 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 it's all really all about. And you know, you you see an image of an artist, and you see these things, and you think, "Oh, these guys are are, are bigger than life," and, and you know, but they're really not. You know, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, Obviously, Jason moved on now, and he's he's singing for Drowning Pool, and it's really cool to see that. But that was my first like taste of really knowing somebody that was in the business and kind of really knew a lot of stuff, and and uh, and that's kind of where, how I ended up here, and that's where I'm at now. And hmm. I've been here since 2000. Oh wow! Wow! So, God, you've seen a lot of changes. Yeah, so I've seen a lot of bands come and go, and and, and you know I'd, I'd love to see a, a flourishment of what was before because we really had some incredible talent here and. Uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate that a lot of those bands uh, kind of didn't migrate out of here, and 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 you know, and then the ones that did, and you know, they're kind of just running on one record, or and and it's 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 a shame because the, the, some of these guys are so talented, and it's just I think that's what really elevated me into being who I am, and just really my whole thing was to showcase artists that people didn't know, mm-hmm. and and just really get to know those people, and just really know who they were, and. And I think that's what happened. It, it turned into me wanting to own a club to me wanting to capture something because I was never really a singer or anything like that. You know, I, I thought I could sing, but I wasn't good. <laughs> Jason was always trying to get me to sing in a cover band with him. He's like, let's make a band. Let's make a band. And and I've been fortunate that I've had a lot of local bands that allowed me to go on stage with them and sing. And it's cool because it's I get the, I got to feel that, you know, and it mm-hmm. was and it was really neat. And I did it with Drowning Pool in El Paso for my birthday one time. And oh, it was it was really cool. Nice. And and it was really neat because um, it was just something I always wanted to do. And it's like, and, you know, obviously nobody booed me off stage or anything. So, <laughs> so I was probably pretty good, even though I don't think I was good. Uh, but it was a funny, it was a funny thing. And, and, and I really appreciate Jason and now there's other bands that I'll mention later. But Jason was a big, a, a big influence on, on what I did, even though I never really understood how, how big he had gotten at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he gave me a CD with all his music, um, and you know I just kind of put it aside. I didn't really think too much about it. And when you, one day we're sitting in the car, talking before a show, and he plays this music, and I'm like, "What is that?" <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, "I gave you that record like two years ago." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed," oops. you know. And it was a it was a big oops. And I went home and, and I ran home and listened to it, and I was like, "Wow, this guy's amazing." Oh. You know, because the band that he was in at that time, it was good, but it wasn't what he had done before. Mm. And I was like, "Man, this guy is so talented." And and uh, I think it was just him, you know. And and you know, and he was just such a good guy, and he was so straightforward. He didn't really, he didn't really say anything. He was just really, really good guy. And, mm. and we're still friends. You know, and and uh, I think I think we we never really had this conversation before, but he, he's just he was a big a big shaper in in the way of, that I handle things, and I learned a lot of lessons not just from him but from some of the other bands that I that I've worked with, and mm-hmm. it changed the way that I that I am now, <laughs> and I have a lot more respect for what they do and what they go through, and 
So it's, it's an interesting cool. transition. I feel like we'd skip way ahead of like, how did you get into photography? Yeah. It's funny because I always wanted to be a photographer to an extent. My brother, you know, we never really had much growing up, but my brother always had good jobs and stuff. And I was growing up watching him and, and he would have all these cameras and all this stuff. And, and actually, you know, it's funny because he had some pretty expensive cameras and he would let me shoot with them. And I was seven, eight years old. And he shot a lot of wildlife and stuff like that. Just a lot of cool stuff. And, and I, you know, I, I liked it, but it never really, I was just like, oh, well, you know. And, and growing up, I never had a camera. I, I, had, a, I had one until I think it was like 16 or 17. I had a, a Kodak disc camera. Remember mm-hmm. those? Oh, yeah. And I had it for maybe maybe two months and my mom washed it in the washing machine <laughs> and I thought, Oh, it's ruined. I was so angry. And, and I picked it up like a year later and it still worked. I was like, Oh wow, this is awesome. <laughs> so, you know, I, I kind of, I did a little bit of photography stuff and I always wanted, you know, it was always one of these things. I saw a movie a long time ago with Deborah Winger. I think it was called Mike or where's Mike or I forgot what it was called, but it was basically this guy that loved taking this photo, having take, his photo taken. And I thought, man, that'd be so cool to have somebody follow me around and take photos, you know? And I always thought that was a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, I I, um, I, I started getting into, into music. I mean, I was always into music, but I started getting into, like, really, like, looking at some of the visuals and some of the stuff, uh, some of the aspects of photography. And I was like, man, these guys, it's like they tell a story, you know? And it was some of the stuff, you know, I really didn't look a lot at, at Rolling Stone and stuff because those were more, I thought those were always more um, polished, Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of them more. I thought I thought they were more more staged, uh, even though they probably weren't. But they just they didn't seem as clean as something like in Hit Parader or in Cream or something like that. Mm-hmm. Th- those just seem a little more real. Um, I really, really, really got into photography when I saw uh, Rip Magazine. You know, and, and Leon Friend and the stuff that he did, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and just the way that he and, and, and I, I read his book later in life, and 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 I was really that. I think that kind of catapulted me over that. Because it was just one of those things where I was shooting a lot of local bands, and I had some bands, you know, help me out. Let me let me shoot them, and, and let me. I used to shoot with Flash, mm-hmm. and I would get in their face, and they were they were cool with it, right? Because I think they saw the potential and what what I could do, and and uh, they always let me do it, and you know, and people would be like, you shouldn't be shooting with Flash, you know, it's this and that, and it bothers the bands. So I go, well, this band doesn't care, yeah, you know. But I really learned how to get what I wanted from Flash because I knew how to use the Flash. I didn't blow out the image. I just captured it and slowed it down. And um, so I, I think that was the, the thing. You know, when I shot a few shows in, in, in Houston at a place called Primeco, it was called Primeco. It's called uh, Retribution or Rebution something today now. It's, it's, it's a really cool place down in downtown Houston. But I got to meet a lot of big artists there because I would hang out in the back just to try to get an autograph or something. And I got to meet uh, like Brandon Boyd of, of Incubus, mm. and we hung we hung out. I mean, we literally hung out for like an hour and a half, <laughs> and it was just me, him, and my ex-wife, and then a couple of kids came over and hung out with us. So it was five of us in the group, and we literally just talked about nothing. You know, it was it was really fun. That's cool. Yeah, I got to meet Courtney Love and uh, Scott Weiland. You know, that was that was my idol when I was like starting out because I was like, man, this guy. You know, that little dance he used to do on stage uh-huh. and everything. It was just so, it's, it's just like, I don't know. It was just, to me, it was like surreal. It's kind of like looking at, at Jim Morrison, a modern Jim Morrison, yeah. modern day Jim Morrison. See that. But he was amazing, you know, and, and, and I got to talk to him a couple of times and, and I got to meet his, his, his ex-wife, Mary. She was really cool. She was really nice. Actually, we went to a venue and we were at a venue and we followed him 
I, I, I hollowed him in my car. I followed the bus <laughs> to the hotel. And uh, he got out of the... Well, he didn't get out of the bus. Mary came out and, and she's like, can I help you guys? And I'm like, I just want to meet Scott. And she's like, uh, is it just you two? I go, yeah, we're the only ones here. <laughs> and she's like, well, hold on, sit tight. And uh, she came, she went in and 10 minutes later, he came out. Wow. And he, he came out and met us halfway and I got to take a photo with him, and uh, it was amazing. You know, it was like, you can do this. This can really happen. You know, you can really meet these guys. You know, and it was it was because to me, you know, Brandon Boyd was really starting out. You know, and it wasn't you know he wasn't really at that level. But when I met Scott Wallen, I was like, wow, I want to do this. Yeah, this is something I want to do. It's not that hard to meet these guys. You know, and and it was just it was funny because a couple of weeks later they had a show a radio station was moving from one end of the dial to the other end of the dial and they had a secret band and i i, I knew it was going to be them because uh the drummer says hey we might be back in a couple of, in a couple of weeks or a month uh-huh. and i was like awesome man that would be great so sure enough when they came back um waited again outside the venue that same venue and this time scott stopped to sign autographs and he comes around the corner and he comes over to me and my and my ex-wife and says, "You guys aren't gonna follow me again tonight, are you?" <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, you know." And, and it's one of those things where people always say, "You never want to meet your idols because you're you're might, you might not be happy with what you see or what you sure, get." Sure. And he was just it was just crazy because you know I talked to him outside of trees, maybe twenty years later, and and uh, <clears throat> I told him the story and his uh, his current wife at that time. Uh, was crying and she's like you don't remember that and he's like i don't Mm. and it was just you know i I guess so many things had happened already at that point in his life that you know it was it was interesting because uh yeah it was one of those he was one of those guys he 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 was probably one of the guys and and, uh, a guy from a band called he is legend uh the lead singer of he is legend are are probably two of the guys the reason i grew my hair back out again and everything because i had short hair for a long time is because of, of him. I can't Shiloh, imagine uh, shirt. <laughs> Shiloh Kroom, yeah, Shiloh Kroom from uh, He Is Legend. Okay. Uh, amazing guy, amazing band, and I think Mike Zemer just uh, started managing them. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, local guy managing uh, He Is Legend, but yeah, it, it's, you know, and I think that's how I got started. I just really fell in love with the whole, you know, the whole thing, and I've always, I've never been, I've never been like a, like a fanboy uh, I never, I never really do stuff like that. I mean, I, 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 I think I got that a lot of my system in Houston. Uh-huh. And when I got here, I just totally changed my whole perspective. But yeah, when I lived in Houston, yeah, I used to go to the shows and hide, you know, secretly shoot shows and, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and, but I was still kind of a, a really fanish because I had never met anything like that. You know, I lived in El Paso. You never see anything in El Paso. Right. I saw Motley Crue in their infancy in El Paso. I mean, they were like, they were terrible. <laughs> and uh, that's that's it. I mean, I saw Motley Crue and Loudness, and that was it. Those were the only two bands I ever saw. And, wow. and so I, my eyes didn't get opened up until I moved to Houston. And it was, and from there, it just went it just went crazy, you know. And it was, I basically saw as many bands as I could, because my ex-wife was really, she was really good at, at, at going to shows. She was always up for a show, you know. Mm. It was one of those things, and... So we, I mean, I got to see so much stuff, and 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 there's a there's a little side note on something like that. When I when I finally came to Houston, I was li- I was in the car with my with my nephew, and we were listening to the Toadies, <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Man, I love these guys!" and he was so excited, and 
And I said, yeah, that's cool, man. He go, he go, I, get, I go, I think they're from Dallas. I'm not really sure. I said, but I think they're from Dallas. Right. He's like, wow, man, these guys are so cool. You know, and it's funny because later on, I actually got to hang out with the Toadies when I was first starting shooting. Mm-hmm. And we hung out on their tour bus. And it was one of those crazy, that first time I'd ever been in a tour bus. <laughs> and it was the craziest thing because I was like, man, these are the guys that my nephew loved, you know. And yeah. and it's so crazy that, that it's all so tight and it's all so small and you... Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think that, that I learned very early in, in, in shooting that you don't burn any bridges because if you do, I mean, somebody's going to find out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think that that's the, one of the things that, another thing too, is that when I started, I always, I never knew, I never thought I would be a, a like a rock star photographer where I'd be shooting all these people because I was so good. Because I always knew that those positions were kind of tied up and it doesn't really work that way. Right. So I, I always see, I've seen so many photographers come and go and, and it's like, you know, you gotta be in. You gotta be in it for the right reasons. Yeah. You know, there's opportunities for you to make money. There is. That, that, that's not um, something that's, that I want to discourage people to, from from doing. But it's just you have to really kind of understand your place and know what what you're doing it for and the real reason why it's there. Because mm-hmm. it is an art, you know, and it is a it is a medium, and it is you have to have respect. I've never posted a photo of somebody that I thought was in bad light because I try not to because I wouldn't want something posted of me that's not good. Yes. Because there's some there's some things that I've seen f- taking photos where I'm just like, I'm not gonna show any of these to anybody. Yeah, you know, and then just just because of things, certain things, certain aspects, or, or something that I saw that maybe nobody else noticed, but to me, I was like, I can't do that, you know. And yeah, and and I think that's it's one of the things that I value more is just respecting the artist and respecting what you do. And I learned I learned some lessons along the way, and and mm-hmm. you know, and and I'm glad that that I had those opportunities i got yelled at a lot by, by people that i really respected and but i learned you know and and, yeah. uh, and i think that's what i do now i, l- I look at people and sometimes i'm i want to be like the guy that tells them hey don't do this but then i think well you know what you should really learn on your own but mm, yeah it's a tough one though yeah it, but you know to me it's only it only bothers me not really when i get interfered with and stuff but it, it just bothers me like when 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 some photographers put the camera right in front of the artist's face mm-hmm. You know, because I feel like, you know, that's a lot of space. That's a lot of personal space you're getting into, you know. And I understand if you're reaching high to, to, to try to grab the shot, but you can do it at a distance. You don't have to be right in front of their nose and, sure. and their mic, you know, because that's just right there is you're, you're crossing a big barrier there. And I think that that's one of those things that, you know, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's how I got it. I know it went into a, it went into a 10 mile story, but, <laughs> but I, I think that's how I really got into it. I just really getting to know the artist and just feeling the that connection with them and, and kind of sharing that connection with people when did you make that transition from sneaking your cameras into actually being at the show to shoot wow uh you mean nationally or just locally either one i mean like they're initially you know so you know i, I when i moved to dallas uh i went to go see that, that that band that we were talking about i can't remember what the name of that band was at curtain club but a couple of weeks later i shot a band called ours and I love that band, you know. Um, Jamie Necco is what, to me one of the one of the greatest vocalists that you can imagine. He's like a he kind of sounds like Jeff Buckley, and I probably hate hmm. probably hates that that. But he was going to actually be a singer for uh, for Guns N' Roses. Oh wow! And for Velvet Revolver when, uh, right. when before they brought in Scott Weiland, but he just couldn't he couldn't do that. He couldn't transition into that because he had other things going on. But I shot them at at. Um, I think it was Liquid Lounge or, or, or Blind Lemon I shot them. And and uh, that was the first time that I took a professional camera into a venue. 
And, you know, and it was like a, you know, the, the go-to starter Canon Rebel. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, I was just, <laughs> I was just shooting it. It was, it was, it was funny because I look at the, at the shots now and I look, man, I go, man, you know, had I known what I was doing, mm-hmm. these would have been great, right. you know? And, oh, yeah. And a lot of it was just not understanding, you know, depth of field and, and really, you know, and really capturing the, 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 the essence of what was going on mm-hmm. to me it was just like oh look i'm taking pictures of this guy that's on stage you know and <laughs> right and it was it was kind of silly but you know and then from there it just kind of kind of just started going there you know and and i, I kind of stopped going to a lot of the venues because a lot of them wouldn't let me in with my camera mm-hmm. you know i went to trees a couple of times and i couldn't get, i couldn't shoot yeah that's... i went to uh, deep bellum live and they wouldn't let me shoot so i was like well you know i don't know i don't know how to do this you know so i kind of gave up for a little bit until I met Jason and Jason one night we were sitting there talking in the car and he says, Hey, you know, this band called the feds, uh, they're playing, uh, this weekend. You should go check them out. And I was like, yeah, you know, maybe I will, you know? And it was funny cause for some reason, uh, a, a band named Kitty, a metal band hmm. hit me up cause they were playing curtain club that night, the same night as the feds. And they're like, hey, we can give you like 50 bucks, 60 bucks if you shoot our show. And I was like, eh, that sounds like a good idea, you know, and mm-hmm. I was excited. But then for some reason, I went on the web and I and I heard the feds and I was like, holy crap, these guys are amazing, mm. you know, and, and I had never heard of them before, you know, and, and I was like, I'd see them on the little, on the Observer and I'd see them on these little billboards everywhere, the feds, right. the feds. And and then uh, I was like, wow, you know what, I'm going to go see the feds. I'm not going to go shoot a kitty, hmm. you know, I was like, forget it, you know, I'm going to go see the feds. And the feds played at Firewater, which is now uh, Gas Monkey Live. Mm. And uh, I went, well, Amplified, sorry. And I went to I went to go see the feds, and you know, a band called Early Pearl opened up for them. And uh, then the feds played, and when the feds played, I saw. I remember the first thing I thought of Matt Slider, the singer. I thought it was Patrick Swayze. I go, this guy looks just <laughs> like Patrick Swayze. And and it was it was it was great because, you know, it, it, seeing him was like a giant on stage and and just hearing his aggressiveness and his voice and just the the way he handled the crowd i was like man these guys are going to be famous you know and and i was so into them and i took some photos you know and 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 those were also pretty bad there was a few really good ones but you know it's probably like 500 i probably had like 10 good ones Mm -hmm. and i went i ran to this to the to the uh, print shop the next day to eckert or wherever i I don't know where i went walgreens or whatever and printed out those photos because they were playing again the next night in Fort Worth. Mm. And I think it was Lola's. <clears throat> and I was like, man, I got to show them these photos. I was so excited, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, Jennifer, my, my ex-wife, she's just like, don't get so excited. You know, they're not trying to think they're that big of a deal. They're nice photos, but, you know. So I said, oh, I'm going to go see. I'm going to go try. You know, and I went and I, I, I met the guitar players, the two guitar players. And they were super nice, super humble guys, Jason Jones and and... And and uh, I just you know we 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 talked. I showed them the photos, and they're like, "Oh, these are amazing!" Mm-hmm. And I thought, "Well, these guys are, are these guys being serious? Are they really like them, or are they just saying that like they say to everybody?" Yeah. You know? And, right. and uh, no, they were super cool, and they're like, "You should you should shoot our show tonight," and you know, and and I started shooting with them, and then they uh, you know they would go out on the road, and I would I would give them food and stuff, you know, so they could you know so mm-hmm. they could have a good time and, and really take care of themselves, you know, because right. I thought that was a good thing to do. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I wasn't kissing ass or nothing. I just thought I was being genuine with my offering because I was like, these guys are cool. You know, I'm, I'm sure they're going to need this stuff, you know. And, and one day they were like, why don't you go with us? 
And mm. I'm like, go where? Like, go on the road with us. I was like, really? I'm like, sure. <laughs> so we went to three cities out in Tulsa and, and uh, Kansas City and uh, Manhattan, Kansas. And we had a blast. Mm. And it was it was great. You know, it was it was uh, very eye opening. And, and they were playing with, a, with an incredible band from Oklahoma. And it was just a really it was a really fun time and a really good eye opener. You know, I, I, I learned a lot. Uh, I always felt like the drummer. We became friends later, uh, Ben Jeffries. I always felt like he didn't like me because he would always give me a lot of a lot of grief. But, you know, I really respected the way that he handled things with me because I, I, I now I realize, you know, it's like, what was I doing there? You know, I don't, I don't really didn't belong there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think sometimes I would I would put my two cents in when that's none of my business. Right. You know, and I think that those are the things that, that really shape me into who I am because those things and even Matt would get mad at me sometimes Matt Slider would get mad at me and and I learned a lot from that because I learned my place and to where not to say things and where not to put your two cents in or mm-hmm. whatever because you know it, it, we, we I think we think we tend to think that we're now part of something but you're really not you're there to, to do your job and that's yeah, it you exactly know? And, capture and it you're not the singer you're not in the band you're, that's none of your <laughs> you're not the rock star yeah your opinion really doesn't matter you know and, and I think that that's I learned a lot from them, but yeah, that's how I kind of got started, you know. And, and then one day I, uh, I, I went to Trees, and uh, I was able to bring my camera in for a show. And then, you know, I just started shooting kind of incognito. And there was a guy named Trevin, uh, Trey Campbell, which was the house guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was the official house guy, but he was a good, amazing photos. He's a great mm-hmm. photographer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really loved his work, you know. And then... Uh, I, and I would tell him sometimes, I'd be like, man, how do you get that? How do you capture that? He goes, oh, he goes, I shoot with an icon. You shoot with a what? <laughs> and I was like, that's why I'm not doing things right, because I'm shooting with a cannon. <laughs> so I went and bought an icon, just on the word of, of one guy telling me this. Right. And I was like, okay. And so I bought this, I bought an icon, and, and I just kind of started getting really into it. You know, and then uh, Clint, turns out Clint, uh, the owner of, of Trees, is from El Paso. And that kind of started a little bit of a, of a kind of friendship with him. Hmm. We weren't really talking like that. He would just be like, you can come in and take some photos tonight. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> and so I started shooting a lot of shows. and But I wouldn't shoot as many, though, because I had a lot of respect for Trey, and I didn't want to get in that. I didn't want to get in that space. Right. Uh, one day I'm walking up the stairs, and Trey's coming down the stairs. And I said, hey, you're, you're, uh, you're Trey. I've talked to you on, on MySpace, I think, or Facebook. I don't know what it was we're talking on. And, he, and I go, dude, I said, I love your work, man. I go, I, I wanted to really meet you. This is serious. And he's like, no. He goes, I love your work. And he goes, dude, some of the stuff you get is amazing. And I'm like, really, this guy? Huh. No. I said, no. No. I said, whatever, dude. No. And, and I said, are you the house guy here? He goes, he goes, not really. I'm just kind of shooting here. And I was like, man, I said, that's great, dude. That'd be, that'd be so cool. And at this time, we're living in Fort Worth. So mm. it's like a 50-minute drive for right. me to come down oh, here, you yeah. know? Brutal. And we're coming down here four or five nights a week. You know, and, huh. and uh, you know, and I was just shooting anybody. Anything that I could shoot, I was shooting. Because, you know, I'd already shot local stuff, and, and I still had a, a, foot in the, a foot in the local stuff, but it was all a curtain club and the mm, little clubs. Right. Trees, to me, was like a, like a big deal, you know? And uh, so I just, you know, Trey looked at me, and he goes, why don't you just shoot it? Why don't you just shoot here? He goes, I can leave. He goes, I don't, I don't have to come back. He what? goes, you take over. What? Yeah. He, he goes, just left? Yeah, he goes, you can take it. You can take over. He says, "I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay." He goes, "You, you should probably do this." 
and never he never came back. I mean, he came back for a couple of shows, but he never came back to shoot. Wow, that is wild. Yeah, it was it was really crazy, you know. And and I mean, I I respect that guy until now. I still talk to him, and uh, it it was one of those things because I felt like he opened the door for me because, I mean, literally, I just started coming after he stopped going. Yeah, and um, you know, I just. I got to shoot so many shows. I've gone back and looked at some of the shows that I've shot. And I'm like, wow, I don't even remember shooting half these shows. What are some of like the the highlights? Well, that? like we we shot uh, like uh, um, Mice and Men, uh-huh. which was getting really big at that point. Um, God, what else? What else have I, What else did I shoot early? Um, Deftones. They had mm. their, their their CD release. I got to shoot that. <clears throat> shot at the driving when they first came back after they had stopped touring for years. Mm. Um, obviously Seven Dust was one of the big ones for me. There was a lot of little ones like Haim and stuff like that that, that were went to get big because we used to used to have little transitions in there and then they go out and you know and become huge. And uh, it, there was just so many so many shows that I just I don't even remember half of them. Right. I don't yeah. even remember being at half of the shows. Uh, Corey Taylor did a, a book signing, and, and that one was great because Corey Taylor literally sat there and said, "I'm going to talk to everybody, and I'm not going to leave until I talk to everybody that wants to talk to me." And we stayed out there. I, I, I told uh, my son, I said, you want to meet him? Let's wait till everybody's gone. Mm-hmm. And we literally waited until 2.30. And he was about to get on the bus. And I go, hey, Corey, would you would you be nice enough to? He's like, oh, yeah. I didn't realize you guys were just waiting for me. I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, you could have been in line an hour ago. I said, no, we just want to, we didn't want to cut in front of the fans. Not that we're not fans. Right, right. But, you know, to me, it's just, you know, he was, he was super genuine guy. And I became... He's become a pretty good, friendly guy. He's a, he's a good guy, you know. I'll see him time and time, and he's just really genuine guy. Sweet. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I got into it, and I, I didn't shoot anything national until I met the the uh, editor of Jam Magazine. Mm. When I met the editor of Jam Magazine, he asked me to come shoot for them, and and that's how I started shooting nationals. Wow! I I shot a national before. Because uh, one of my friends had a band and they were they were trying to get signed, or the label wanted to sign them, but I don't think I think that deal fell through. And I won't mention their name because they're a good local band, and, and you know I don't want to sure. shine a bad light on them. But the the company actually was part of the Slipknot label and all that. Mm. So I got to shoot the first national act show that I shot that I was actually approved for, not sneaking around, was. Um, was Five Finger Death Punch, uh, Slipknot, and Trivium. Hmm. And that was in Oklahoma City. Wow. And that was the first really, real, real show that I got to shoot where I was like, wow, this is this is it, man. I've made it. <laughs> I've I made it. And, then, you know, and little did I know that it, it'd still take years for, for me to get anywhere that, that was decent. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I started. Cool. Yeah. Well, and so then, okay, so then I know... I'm sure there's a lot of time goes by, but then yeah. at some point you start shooting for the Observer for a little while. No, I, I shot a couple of things for the Observer. Um, I shot a couple of things back in the day. I, I don't remember who who was running it at that time. Um, I shot a couple. Of, I shot a burlesque show at at uh, what's the name of that place that closed down? Um, mm. the, the, it was, it's like a dance club. Uh, it was. It's down right there by Deep by by, by trees in Deep Ellum. Oh, the. Where they had the classes and stuff? Or? No, where they did they did burlesque and they did a bunch of stuff. I forgot what that place is yeah. called. It's it's a it's a big club in downtown. I, I don't know if I want to say Liquid Lounge, but it's not Liquid Lounge. Lizard. Lizard oh, Lounge. Lizard Lounge. Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. shot a burlesque show there for them. 
I shot something else with him. I don't know what it was, but it just kind of just didn't really go anywhere, you know, because they wanted me to shoot a lot of uh, a lot of more like uh, like party stuff, you know, mm. and, and a lot of more documentary stuff, and that wasn't what I sure. wanted to do, you know. And I've actually shot some stuff for Mike a couple times later, uh, you know, now recently, but but yeah, it was just one of those things that never really went anywhere and i was really i was really kind of taken back because i really i really loved the observer back then i was like man this is cool you know it's and and you know they were like the they were like the they were like the thing you know that you know that was one of those things and i really enjoyed it i actually did an interview with with alan ayo when he was at at the observer Mm -hmm. uh i just read that earlier did you (laughs) yeah yeah and and alan ayo you know just approached me one day and he's like hey you know you want to come out and talk i'm like yeah sure you know i always thought that was weird because i was really really starting out yeah well the timing of that article you're talking about like on tour monthly is about to happen so maybe like that transitions into that yeah yeah And, and it was really interesting you know because it was that it was just you know and like i said i shot that one national and then it just died you know it's just like okay i'm not doing nothing now what happened what did i what did i miss here but um you know i did some stuff with with uh, jam and dave huff which was the editor from them back then mm-hmm. um and there was like the writer he approached me and he says hey you know you know you you're shooting really good it looks like you're really picking this stuff up he goes i, I you know i i, I think if you want to do something, you should try to do it now. And I was like, well, you know what? And, you know, it, it's funny because I, I, all this time, you know, I'd, I'd met so many local bands and I'd become friends with so many local bands. And and it was a band called Exit 380 that whose singers, uh, Dustin Blocker, were still good friends. He is actually, uh, he's part of the hand-drawn records mm, okay. now. And, and that's, the, the, the I think it's the, the largest uh, uh, vinyl press in the U.S. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I went. I was. I was just there recently, and I was so. I'm so proud of him because he, he. You know, he's played in a local band, and now he's part of this big, big thing. You know, and, I mean, and records it was, are huge again. Yeah. yeah, and it was funny because you know we, me and Blocker had talked about, about doing something together, and, and then you know, you know, I said, you know what, I think all I need is a publication, and I can get these shows. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, but that's not, not going to work, you know. So what I did is I, I laid some of it out in InDesign. And so I made a fake uh, printable magazine, <laughs> okay. you know, and, and I kind of got started like that. And, uh, you know, when I would, when I would, right, right then and there, I told Blocker, let's do this. You can put some of your content in there. You can promote your company and you can do whatever you want, but help me try to do this the right way. And so Dave Huff says, I'll come right for you. And I said, well, shoot, that's that's all I need. Jeez, yeah. this is this is my thing, you know. And and we just put it together. And and, and you know, I kept thinking of all these cool names, and I was like, I'm gonna do. But then I had to keep it to where it made it look like it was a national, or it was a publication that actually was written at some point, as opposed to just being web. Mm-hmm. So I called. I wanted to call it on tour, but there was nothing available. And then I just said, you know what? Because it tells you they want. How many times do you do you do you provide a print monthly? That sounds good. Mm-hmm. I'll call it on tour monthly. So I looked it up and yeah, it was available. I was like, well, hell, I'm getting this, you know, <laughs> on tour monthly. And uh, so when I started applying for for shows because Dave Huff had been in the business for 20 years. Actually, um, um, Sammy Hagar actually wrote about him in a in his book. Oh wow! Okay, because he hated him. <laughs> 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 but 
but Dave Huff came to work for me, and uh-huh. and, and Dave Huff had this who's who of connections of of you know just publicists and all that. And, you know, back then that was hard. Yeah, you're talking about almost 20 years ago. Can't get that kind of stuff. It's just you 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 have to build these up. Nowadays, you know, they throw their names out there and say, "Hey, I need you to do this. Hey, can you come do that?" And you get all these names really fast. Right. But back then, it was like a sacred book. It was like, what is this thing, you know? And and it was really cool because Dave, you know, he was an interesting character. A lot of weird things went on with Dave and the things that we probably shouldn't talk about. But he really gave me the platform to do what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I just went from there, you know. And my whole point of on tour was to showcase the photos and to really highlight what you didn't see when you were out there smoking and you were doing this and that and not paying attention Mm -hmm. because I wanted people to see a show and be like, man, I got to see that. Or these guys look really cool, you know? And, and there's one of the coolest things and one of the coolest, one of the coolest memories that I have from, from shooting is, is I had a a person one time I shot a band called Seether Mm, and the guy was talking about his brother that passed away. And, uh, I just, I saw the photo and I caught him in a, in in this light and, and it was so neat to me, and it was just a moment that I liked, and that's why I shot it. Very, very simple photo. Doesn't even doesn't have doesn't have any energy. It's just a cool photo. And some guy messaged me on Facebook and says, "Man, that's when he was talking about his brother. That's a beautiful photo." And I was like, "That's what I do this for. That's yeah. why I do it because wow. because to me, if somebody's actually looking at this and remembering it, that's what I want to do." So. That's kind of what I focus on when I shoot. I shoot, I focus on on the feeling of the artist and just what's there, you know. And then sometimes it's something as simple as them, you know, tuning their guitar. It's just that little moment that you see because it's all, it doesn't all have to be screams and jumps and, and you know, stuff like that. Some of us, it's just pretty genuine, you know. And it, mm-hmm. obviously the rest of it all plays part in, in what you're doing. But to me, it's just somebody being able to look at your photo and identifying something in that, it really hits them home, you know, hits them and says, hey, I remember this part. This is why I went to this show. And and, I, and, the, and another thing that I did with On Tour Monthly is that I really wanted to go out there and, and shoot everywhere. Right. Not just not just here. I hadn't grown away from the local stuff. I mean, I still love the local stuff because I was still shooting locals whenever I wasn't doing anything else. But when I, I just, one day I just put in for a show. I don't remember what, what show it was. Oh, I put in for Paramore. Mm-hmm. And in in Chile, and it was it was crazy because I had a friend, and then we went we went he he just happened to be from Chile, and he's like let's go to Chile, and I was like you gotta be fucking kidding, <laughs> and he goes I'll pay for it I'll take care of us let's go to Chile, and that's actually one of the first shows that I put on on tour, that I didn't have a press for, uh-huh. and we got to shoot it, I got to shoot it because he snuck me in. we snuck in the camera in two pieces. The lens on his jacket and the camera body in my jacket. Uh-huh. And they didn't catch us with it. So he put me on his shoulders and I took photos of the show and nobody said anything. Oh, wow. And uh, and I kind of use that as a catapult. You know, we go everywhere. Sure. On tour will shoot anywhere. And, and you know, and I had publicists ask me, hey, can you shoot a show in, in, in you know, in Chicago? I'm like, yeah, I can do it. No, I mean, you have people in Chicago? Yeah, it's me. I'll do it. (laughs) And so I started shooting shows. I went as far as Canada to shoot a show. Mm. And uh, I just started traveling everywhere that I could, you know. And and at first it was hard because I really had to put content on there. And I had to do interviews. So I did a lot of interviews. Yeah. Uh, I interviewed probably 
30 artists and artists that I, you know, that I loved that I was like, oh my God, this guy's right in front of me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I had to keep my composure and stuff. And it was really cool because it was a whole different game asking questions and really being there with the person. Yeah. And, and it was, and it was cool because I, 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 at first I would ask some really generic questions because that's, I think that's how we all start. We don't really know where to go. Yeah. But eventually I got to where it was never a yes or no question. It was just kind of, it was just kind of like me talking to you. It just kind of transitioned into another story. And it was neat because you got to see some stuff that you're like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. I think I know how to do this now. And so we did that in combination and it was just me doing everything. And a friend came, <clears throat> a friend of mine called Sean Kennedy was doing all my editing on the, on the videos and stuff. And nobody was making any money and it was just really neat, you know? And, and that's one of the things I've never put ads in my, in my publication or nothing. Mm -hmm. I've never charged money for anything because to me it was just about giving back to what they've done or what I felt that they did for me as artists or whatever. But that's kind of where it all went and that's kind of, kind of just where it started and it just went big from there, you know? And, and, and ironically the, the band that, that really helped me, it was nothing more uh because they used to play a lot here in, in dallas and in denton and um those guys were friends kind of knew them here and there from talking to them and seeing them <clears throat> but my friend ronnie jackson which is another shooter of mine that shoots for me ronnie jackson you know came told me one time he goes i know these guys are really cool and this and that and he goes they're, they're called nothing more i said i know nothing more <laughs> stop it you don't know them because he would always he would always give me crap and and it was funny because, yeah, one day we were out with them. They were hanging out, and they asked us if we wanted to shoot some festivals. And we were like, yeah, mm -hmm. we'd love to shoot some festivals. And I had shot one festival alone. But <clears throat> he introduced us to Danny Wimmer, which does all the huge festivals, mm -hmm. all the huge metal festivals. You know, they got Metallica, they got Kiss, they got everybody on there. You know, they're, they're awesome. And uh, he introduced us to, to Danny Wimmer's people, and... And uh, <clears throat> Danny just let us shoot. Let us shoot the whole festival. Wow. We couldn't get on stage or nothing, but we could shoot the whole thing. Hmm. And we didn't have to turn any of it in, really. So I mean, we got to meet. I mean, we got to meet everybody we can imagine, you know. And it was so fun because yeah, you know, like, we're sitting yeah. there hanging out, eating lunch with with Rob Zombie, and it's like, oh my God, it's Rob Zombie, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, the, we had uh, we had we had. Uh, John Five, I got to meet John Five because he came back to to get some beer to take back to his room, and I'm like, "Well, these guys aren't here. You're welcome to take it." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they came back later and brought it back to us, and it was really cool, you know. And but it was just it was incredible, you know, because that's when I really realized this is what I thought it was. It's just guys. Yeah. Singing a show and they're just normal people. Yeah, it's that's the thing. Festivals. I mean, it's exhausting, but it's yeah. you get to see like i mean like when there's 20 great bands none of them have an attitude it seems yeah. like and you can really get to know people and yeah it, it's so great because i got to meet so many people yeah you know and it was it and to me that really humbled me and made, made me realize that these guys are all out for the same thing just to try to make people you know and, and entertain people and yeah. really you know and really you know i'm sure some of them make money obviously they, they make some money right but i know there's a lot of them that don't yeah you know, and, and they, you know, they might even have to pay to play the shows. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of blue-collar guys that are just yeah. paying bills with it. And, and it's just one of those things, and, you, you know, you think about that, and, and to me, it was amazing. I think we did we th I think we did seven festivals with nothing more. Ronnie only went to, like, four of them, and I did the seven total. Wow. And, and we did that for a couple of years, and it was, it was so much fun. You know, it was incredible. We had a, a writer named Jordan Buford. I uh, love Jordan. Young, young kid, a great writer. 
uh, I, I, I actually have to tell him to tone it down because he would write like a, like a novel. <laughs> and like, Jordan, we want to focus on the photos. Let's focus, let's <laughs> yeah. focus on the photos. Right. You know, they don't need to know what you have for breakfast. We need to just get it going. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and Jordan is an incredible writer, you know, and he's, a, he's an incredible young man. And, and uh, he helped me out a lot, you know. So I, I started out with a little, little tiny group, you know, and, and mm. I probably could have done more. Uh, but I was happy with what I, where I was, and I'm still happy with where I am. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's I mean, make it bigger, and you just got more things. Yeah, to with. yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and it, it's it's fun to be able to pick shows now, and and it's it's fun to be able to just reach out and have someone say, "Sure, yeah." Or well, hey, I just forgot the show was tomorrow. Can, can I shoot? Sure, why not? Yeah, no, it's invaluable too to have a publication that you can get into shows because that's really the key yeah you know i had uh jessica waffles on and that's she's that's the next step for her because it's like you just have to you know have someone and if you like you you did what all of us younger photographers uh well i'm not young but you yeah. know newer photographers is like you know i need to make my own publication it's like it's, yeah. not, it's easier said than done yeah oh. you know it's not i mean i know a lot of people including me that have had the thought and it's just like mm. Yeah, I mean, I ha- I have two jobs. Yeah, you know, I have my trees job and I have another job, and and those are full time jobs. So I mean, just the fact that I can even get a show posted is is almost impossible, you know. Yeah. And it, but literally, when I was doing this, it was just a really nice transition because I was going between jobs, and and I just you know, and I knew I had Blocker to help me out, you know, Dustin Blocker, and I knew I had Jordan to help me out, and and it just and that's how I got it, you know. And 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 it was kind of one of those things where it's it's either do or die, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Mm. I'm going to be, I want to be this guy or I'm not going to be anything. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, it's, I, I've always been very forthcoming and, and very loyal to those people that, that took care of me because it's not an easy thing. No. You know, I, I've seen so many photographers come and go because they don't understand what it is that they're really doing. Yeah. You know, and it, and I'm not talking about their style or their photography. I'm just talking about. They don't really, I, th- I think, like, again, it goes back to the superstar, rock star photographer. They think that that's what that is. Yeah. You know, there's, there, it's not like that. You're not going to meet every artist. You're not going to, you're not going to do any of those things that you think you're going to do, unless you're super lucky. Sure. I have a friend called Chris Pogue, and he, he travels with his country band, been traveling them for years now. That's very rare. Mm-hmm. Very rare and very organic. Yeah. It doesn't happen. It, yeah. it happens very I mean, here and there, nowhere. Maybe I'm weird because I lived in LA, but I don't want to meet most of them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fine with. And I have friends still that are like, "Did you? Did you actually meet him?" And I'm like, "No, I didn't." I mean, I, my friend, my my old drummer uh-huh. from my from the '90s in LA, uh, Chris Sobchak, has been the drum tech for Elton John for 20 oh, years. Nice. So I, I got to shoot three of the farewell shows. And nice. It's reminding me though of what you said earlier it was like that first one. It's me and Mike Brooks, and I'm like, what am I doing here? I got my Canon T5i, yeah. and yeah, like the photos, somehow they're decent, but yeah. I'm not proud of them. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, and you're not going to know, you're not going to know until you try it, but my, my biggest thing about, I, I think I, I think one of the things that I see in photography that, that really, is really what stands out to me more is that when you see these photographers that are really good, or you see the potential in these photographers that you know are good, but their their work never changes. Mm-hmm. It stays stagnant. And and you know, with me, I saw that pattern. I saw it changing. And and you know, and then and now I feel like I haven't reached that next level because I feel like I'm stuck. Mm. And and it and it's not that I'm it's not that I'm being super critical. I just I think that there's I like I mean, there's bands that I've shot. I think I think Deftones I've shot over twenty times. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the bands that I was like, if I ever shoot these guys, I'll never shoot again. Yeah, because that's how excited I was, you know and. And now when I shoot them, 
I, I, I try to find something that I have never caught or mm-hmm. I've never seen anybody get. Yeah. And, that, and that's a luxury because there's a guy that, that only shot him one time and he yeah. finally got him and he was so excited, you know, and, and, and he got excited because they called him and asked him to go to LA and, and obviously on his own dime. Sure. But he got to go and he was excited. Yeah. And I said, where are those photos? He goes, well, they didn't tell me to shoot them. They didn't tell me to, to share them. They said I could just keep them. Yeah. And I was like, well, where are they? You should be proud of them. Uh-huh. Something happened. Because he's not showing them. Oh, okay. But you know what I mean? And to me, it's like, dude, those are things that, you know, those are opportunities that you're never going to get again. Yeah. You know, you got to take them, you know, and it, it's, you know, I've made some money. I've, 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 I've had people pay me to shoot them and I've seen people pay me to shoot shows and that's great, you know, but that's not really why I do it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I've had people like Corey Taylor's team ask me for photos. I'm like, yeah, you can have them. Yeah. Well, you don't want to make any money on them? I'm like, no, nah, they're yours. I don't give a shit. I mean, maybe you give me, a, maybe give me a pass next time. Yeah. You know, give me an all access. Let me get on stage and watch or shoot. Yeah. I won't get in your way. I know the rules and stuff, you know, stuff like that. I, I just never yeah. really thought of it as, as, as a, as a money making business. And, and fortunately, because I don't have all my eggs in that, in that one basket. And a lot of these photographers will do that. And it, it's hard because it's, it's not an easy transition. You can make money, yeah, but you can't make money just shooting bands. You have no. to have other outlets. Hundred <clears> percent. You have to, and and I think that, you know, I always wanted to put something together where it just kind of explains that whole concept to people, and it's like, look, this isn't how it works. Now, I'm not trying to discourage you from being a photographer, but you really got to realize that there's not that that whatever whatever image you have in your head is not really what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can become friends with these guys and they can respect you and they'll be cool with you and they're not going to use you if they respect you. And, and, and you have to learn how to make that transition. Yeah. And, and the thing is that, think about it. I mean, there's, you're, you're in a city of three and a half million people, you know, or, or maybe more, maybe less. Who knows? Who cares? Yeah. Uh, but you got to think about it. I mean, to me, it, that's one of the things that you have to think when you're doing this. It, you're, this is a, this to me is a, is a, is a big deal. Yeah. You know, this is this is not something that you just get overnight. You can't just walk in there and say, "I want to take pictures of this guy today." Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's only ten people in there sometimes. Sometimes there's only two people in there. Yeah. You know, one of the one of the first shows that I ever shot that I was with myself, uh, it was just being one other person was Justin Timberlake, <laughs> and I had just started on tour. It's like, how the hell did we get this show? Yeah. You know, and and it was just me and the house guy, and the stage was huge. And you know, struggling because I couldn't, I couldn't see. I'm so short. I was like, oh my god, this sucks, you know. And and these people actually let me get on the edge of the cornice, and they held me. They let me lay back on them, and they held me with my back with their arms so I could take pictures. Oh, that's cool. And you know, security guard was like, you can't do that. And they're like, yeah, we want. To, we told him to get up here. He can help. We can. He can take photos. And it was just, you know, and that's another one of those things. You know, it's one of those things that you you never hear about. You know, because yeah. that was just amazing. Yeah. And. And, and I think that that's one of those things that, you know, you there's so much, so many reasons to do this. And you really have to respect it because there's really only you and a handful of people in that. Some people never, you'll never see them again in the pit. Yeah, absolutely. You absolutely. know, and that to me is what, that's what, why I do it. Because I know, you know, I know if there's only three of us in there. I'm like, man, this is crazy. Yeah. It's like winning the lotto. You yeah. Know? Oh, I, it's I, the privilege. <laughs> I, I mean, I, that's the thing. I don't, I mean like they, those big acts do not need us. Yeah. So don't. like anybody that has an attitude is just not yeah. looking at it the right way. Yeah. And, and I think that that's one of the things that I think that it'd be nice for people to really see and to understand when they want to get into this business, what it's really about. It's not, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about 
them and what they do and what they're doing and, and how they're changing people's lives by by going out there and singing and, and, and their music. Mm-hmm. I know because I mean I, I listen to just about anything you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And so when you when I see those artists and it's just a whole different light, you know, and it's like this is great. And that's why I have such a, a, a hard uh, uh, that's why I, I, I get upset with some of the lighting stuff because it's like yeah. it's like you think to yourself, you know, why can't you take this? This is your only job to, to run those lights, to set them up and get them going. Mm-hmm. You can run this and you can do this and, and you can showcase them. If you can't put a light on the singer when he's talking or you can't put a light on the drummer when he's doing a solo, unless they told you prior to or they said, hey, nothing but reds, mm-hmm. I get that because I've seen that. Yeah, that happens I see too. that at Trees all the time that they, that they say specifically reds only or no blues or whatever. Mm-hmm. That I get. But when you don't even have or take the time to really learn that or understand what, what you should be doing as a light guy, it's hard. And it's not because of me. Everybody says, well, you, you say that because you're the photographer. No, it's not that. Mm-mm. I'm talking about from the fan perspective. Because as a fan, I want to see that. That's why I go see a live show. I want to see those pieces highlighted when I'm watching the show. I want to see the guitar player doing the solo and, and where his fingers are and where the motion is at that particular time. That's what mm-hmm. I want to see. Yeah. I don't want to see you pushing all the buttons where you just see the scattered light everywhere. And what's the point of that? Yeah. yeah. It's different if you're watching techno or dead mouse or something like that. Yeah. I mean, EDM stuff that I've yeah. together. But, but, but you're looking at that like a country artist or something. And you're like, man, look at this guy. He just looks so cool. And it's just like Willie Nelson, you know, you're like, man, look at all those wrinkles in his face. And it's just, it's so cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, and then all of a sudden they're all blue and all dark and you can't mm-hmm. see anything. And, and and I get that. You know, I get some artists don't handle their aging well and they don't figure, they don't want it. But realistically, I mean, you're there for a reason. You want to capture it and you want to do the best you can. So I think that those are one of the, that's one of the things that, that I just don't understand, you know, because you don't have terrible sound. Yeah. I mean, the sound's pretty terrible sometimes, but that's based on the venue or the light guy or the sound guy just doesn't really know what he's doing. But more often than not, you have more terrible lighting than you do bad sound. Yeah, because I feel like there's some guys that are like, look at it as an art form and other guys, it looks like it's a, it's a gig. I won't say the venue, but there's a place that I really wanted to shoot and I've shot there a few times. Twice the opening act is in one color. Yeah. So like they're just shitty. And then one of the times the headliner, they just put the lights on a rotation and one of them was like hot white. Like it was like none of those pictures even worked and then it'd be dark. And I'm just like, and I walked back dude was on his phone yeah and it was like an automated thing and i'm yeah. like you didn't even set the automation well but anyway yeah and, and i think sometimes that's that's one of the things like you know I've, I've become friends with a lot of the light guys and some a lot of them are, are they really take it seriously there's a few guys in dallas that are just mm-hmm. they're on it yeah you know and and those are the and i have a lot of respect for them because they really they really study it we're getting we're getting to the end here uh-huh. but before we, we go um just maybe a few observations on dallas and deep Ellum, like pros and cons uh you know as as it affects you yeah you know um deep ellum is 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 has gone through a lot of changes and and you know i love i love deep ellum i I love the way that you know it was just like this like this big hub for for great music and and great bands and great venues Mm -hmm. you know but i feel that you know, I I don't want to use the word, but I'm going to say it. But you know, I feel like gentrification is kind of just getting involved in a lot of things, and it and I get it, I get it because you know that there's certain areas that probably should be like that, and they probably should be that if they're affecting and helping the community. Mm-hmm. 
if you're just going to plow over everything because you want something there that is not is not there now, then it, that kind of defeats the purpose, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing with Deep Ellum is I think as long as people can keep going, Deep Ellum is safe. And, and I think that's one of the things about that people don't understand about like a place like Deep Ellum. You still have that luxury to really be able to walk around and go from venue to venue and it's not oversaturated like say austin yeah if you're a photographer in dallas you have a lot of opportunities yeah and there are a lot of opportunities like i you know i make it easy for if somebody wants to shoot a trees let me know Mm -hmm. because to me that's one of the things that i want to have that i want to give someone that opportunity that's that's great because yeah because a lot of people starting out just getting to shoot in a big venue like trees is, is yeah a big deal. And, and you know and some people may say it's not a big venue some people may but I'm like look at if you knew the history behind the venue it's a huge venue yeah you would in know that sense yeah because you we had artists you know we've had artists that are big we had Tyler the Creator came in to do three shows in the U.S. and Dallas Trees was one of them yeah Deep Ellum is probably the best opportunity for you as a photographer to get in. And, or get your feet wet and kind of figure it out mm-hmm. because you know i don't really know a lot of venues in deep Ellen that won't let you shoot yeah it's great and there's very few bands that'll be like you're not i don't want you to shoot me you know yeah but you know it's unfortunate that uh, a lot of people now they just want to they want to shoot metallica and they've mm-hmm. never shot a show in their life and it's like that's not the way it works <laughs> no no so if you really want to get your feet wet you really want to i would really definitely recommend starting in, in deep Ellum. Thanks for joining me uh, on Dallas Famous, and uh, we'll be looking for you on On Tour Monthly. And, and young photographers, hit up James to yeah. shoot the trees. Hit me up; I'll be there. And if you need anything, just you know, any advice or any tips, I'm more than will, I'm more than willing to help you out. Awesome! Thanks right. again. Yeah, thanks, man. So that was my interview with James Villa. Thank you very much, James. Theme song "Unstoppable" by Celine Narala. You can check out the Dallas Famous podcast on DeepLMRadio.com every Sunday and Tuesday at 1 p.m. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and we hope you check in next week. Thanks again.